On this episode of Quantum Week, May 15th through 21st, 1988. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and talk about movies and music and headlines and stories. And we are in May 1988 with Beetlejuice and Anything for You by Gloria Stefan. And the Miami Sound Machine. Uh, true. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, First thing, we should thank our patrons. Yes. Uh, Tom S., Mike J., Ricky S., thank you so much. Tom S. Tom S. Was Not it? like Tom S., but Tom S. Ricky S.? Ricky S. Okay. Yeah. Got a, it's like pseudonym, but I looked. I took a little peek at the email address, okay, so I could tell who it was. Ricky, yes, sure they appreciate Ricky that. Schroeder, actually. So yes. Silver <laughs> Spoons fan. That's, that's right. Uh, perfect, great. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Any any other things before we get into Beetlejuice? Let's talk Beetlejuice. Okay, um, I really like Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice is a great movie. Yeah, yep, yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice is my top like one hundred movies. Is it really? Yeah. Wow, that's. I, I should make one. It's great. It's a great movie. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I mean, I'm not going to, it's like an A minus. It's very close. It's it's low 90s for me. Low, low 90s. Really good. I'm going to give it an A. You're going to give it an A? Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Beetlejuice is, uh, is the weirdest, like the weirdest <laughs> super, movie. Super weird. That's <laughs> super weird. It's like, it's, that, like it's, I think it's one of the weirder movies that were put out by a studio. Um, it, It's very strange. It's and like when, The Fly. It's the same similar no, it's idea. Weirder. It's weirder. You think it's even weirder than the Much fly? Much weirder. Uh, when this was getting passed around in the studios in the eighties, the script it went through a couple of different formations. But like just the idea of it, people were like, we were gassed. Like people were just like, what is this trash? Like, Ima- yeah, imagine coming up with a character like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like, and the what whole, is this? Guy? The whole premise, everything about yes. it is strange. Very and, strange. And very. And, uh, and it really hasn't been replicated either. Like there haven't been a lot of like. I don't think you can replicate it. It's no. so. Like Tim Burton's creativity, especially back then, was so unique. Yep. Because think about like they haven't really done a Pee Wee's again. Nope. It doesn't really exist. They haven't really done Edward Scissorhands again. No. I mean, there's been like Edward Scissorhands, obviously, just mocking suburbia. So I get that. And like there have been like you know suburban satires, but not like that. Not with like really weird not characters. With, with characters quite like that. I and mean, you have like a My Boo Heaven, which I know is kind of mocking the same kind of thing. And you have like other you know other anti suburban yeah. uh, movies, but. Uh, nothing quite like that. Like you see a lot more like the burbs, like where it's like, yeah, hey, a bunch of regular people and things are kind of ordinary, but something wacky happens uh, or a wacky person moves in, but you don't see it quite like that. You don't, and you don't see a movie quite like that tackles the afterlife quite in depth, quite like Beetlejuice. No. And you do see, there are some movies from like the ghost's perspective, like the movie ghost. Yes. But not like this. Or I know your favorite, Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. <laughs> no, I fucking hate that one. Which he comes back to life and I believe at the end. But yes. Does he? Yeah. Uh, I don't even think I've seen that one. I don't I, think I've seen it. I know you're a big fan of his work. No, I hate his work. Uh, Leonard <laughs> Part 6 is a piece of shit movie. <laughs> That's a terrible movie. <laughs> Throws fucking hot dogs with vegetarians. It was. That was a really bad movie. It was another one that was on HBO. So was Beetlejuice. You know, saw it a lot as a kid. Beetlejuice I haven't seen it in probably not a lot, yeah. 30 years probably. But, really? Uh, I haven't seen it forever. Oh, I did a rewatch last year with Laura. Yeah. Um, she had never seen it. Um, and she loved it. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is is that you you also wouldn't see a cast like such a great cast take such a risk too. Yeah, well, as they, a, this, they a, on a bizarre movie, they weren't 
great yeah i mean gina davis won the oscar yes. but won it that year right uh because it was 87 for um uh, for accidental tourist yeah, right so she won it the year before but maybe she agreed to it beforehand uh alec baldwin was not a superstar yet no he wasn't uh michael keaton was not a superstar yet wait but batman was 86 89 or oh, was it 89 so this was britain's second movie oh uh, okay so okay. he was not batman yet um in fact this is the first movie they did it together See, I thought it was the reverse. I should have looked. And I was like, this is a weird superstar Michael Keaton. Yes, that would be very strange. To go uh, this way. No, so uh, this is where Burton met Keaton. So oh. uh, someone suggested uh, Keaton for this role because Keaton, this isn't so weird for him, actually, at this moment in time. He's known as kind of a dark comic. Yeah. Dark, not comic, like a standard comic, but dark, like a, a darkly comic actor. He was in Mr. Mom, which is definitely a family movie. Right. But he has those like eyebrows that are pointy and he has kind of this smirk. Oh and yeah. There is like that. He's devilish. Like that's yes. And that's why he was so great on Letterman. Yeah. Like, so he was known for Letterman and known for like Mr. Mom and gung ho. And like a lot of these kind of like, uh, movies that were somewhat successful, but not huge hits. Yep. And Burton actually didn't even know who he was really Burton. So someone's like, Hey, do you want to try Michael Keaton? He's like, like, what's a Michael Keaton kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, and then he saw one of his movies like, Oh no, I like this guy. And, um, and they worked together obviously on the Batman movies too. Um, both, you know, Batman, and Batman returns. So, uh, they formed a, a partnership for a while. Yeah, and it's a good thing they did. And Michael Burton Ke- kind of dumped Keaton for Johnny Depp. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. You know what I mean? Then he, he started did. working with Depp almost exclusively. But to be fair, I wonder if Keaton just got better better opportunities or more serious roles Well, no, this. Keaton like backed away. Like, think about Keaton post-Batman Returns. Like, he was in, like, Speechless with Gina Davis. Um, we did Pacific Heights. Right. So these aren't, like... No, no but they're, that was supposed to be a blockbuster. That was supposed a to blockbuster? Be. I thought no, so. it wasn't. You don't think so? But a movie, not a like a rated R drama with Michael Keaton is like an angry like a landlord. Yeah, right? maybe not. Yeah, I don't think it was ever going to be a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Well, not quite Star Wars, Matt. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> not quite Troy. No, in a world where Michael <laughs> Keaton is an angry landlord. No, Pacific Heights. <laughs> what do you think? I just meant I don't know. You say it's the more of a drama thing there? <laughs> and It's all natural. The best part, like you did not like. <laughs> you really thought it was. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go hard. <laughs> Well, what else did he? What else did he do after this? Uh, well, that's the thing. Uh, he did. He did a movie called Jack Frost, where he played oh, an angry yeah. snowman. Yes, he did. So it was. He did have multiplicity, which which actually was supposed uh, to be not a blockbuster, but it was supposed to be a hit. It, uh, it didn't work. No, it was like number. It was like ten thousand Michael Keaton's. Yeah, I remember that. Um, actually, he got, he kind of got typecast as Batman, and um, it was tough for him for a while, and he kind of backed away, and he came back big in the last decade. Obviously, he's in you know, um, but. Uh, Oh my god! What's the fucking bird? The bird movie, Birdman. Oh, movie. it's Birdman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, a spotlight. He's in that. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, you know, he kind of has this resurgence, and now he's Batman again. Uh, the DC Universe said that he's going to be the Batman. Is that going to be feature film? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to do. Um, there's a movie. There's a um a cartoon called Batman Beyond. I know it very well. I used to watch it. Yeah, I'm guessing your audience might not. Think. Yeah. Oh. So, um, <laughs> well, you're talking to me. I, I am, but there's people listening. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Batman Beyond is a uh, cartoon where Batman is a lot older and he kind of trains his uh, his successor. His, right, right. Um, I'm guessing they're going to go down that path some because I can't imagine like he's like sixty something years. It's like sixty seven yeah, years old. It's right. be very odd. He's in great shape, but I mean, not that. Well, right. didn't we say he said he's the same age as Phil Collins? Oh, right. That's I think right. I had that tweet where that's I put right. them side by side. Phil Collins like this broken <laughs> old man, and Poor Michael Keaton looks great. Yes, but. uh yeah, but I mean, he can't be Batman. No, he can't. Right. No, so, I mean, I'm, Christian Bale was too old at 36 or something, you know, by the time the third, that third movie came out. Yeah, he was starting to he look like, and, and, and they did the right thing. They had him age. Old, yeah, right. But you're right. You can't. I mean, it's just not, you know, what right. are we doing here? No. Uh, 
But yeah, so Michael Keaton, I think, had a, had a rough time. And I think Michael Keaton would have preferred... He did Batman for a lot of reasons. Most importantly, probably got a shit out of money. Probably. Um, but I think ideal world michael keaton does roles like beetlejuice the rest of his career if i think he could press reset on it i'm sure he's happy with how it turned out but if he could have done it all over again i think he would have rather have just done more beetlejuice i don't think he the batman experience is a great one for him well but isn't isn't the batman experience closer to beetlejuice than it is say some of the dramatic roles like being in um uh like pacific heights even yeah even that right Right. or tarantino stuff or um yeah, I, uh, I get. So you mean like a Jackie Brown? Like Jackie Brown, yeah, right. So there, there's a later role, right. But it like was, yeah, I think he liked, obviously he loved working with Tarantino, so that made sense. True. But, um, and he was in, even in the Out of Sight. He had a scene in that, the Soderbergh movie, playing the same character. Right. Uh, Ray Nicolette. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, I think he, um, he liked being in, in those roles for sure. And Batman may have led to that, but I think, I mean, I think Tarantino would have got him, I mean, Mr. I just Mom mean Batman. And, Batman is closer to Beetlejuice than Batman is to you know some of the more dramatic roles he does later on. Uh, I guess they're both, they're both cartoon characters. I guess you're right. I look at it more like Beetlejuice is an original, unique thing, and Batman's all about the IP. Yeah, and I see it more as a franchise and that typecast. And Beetlejuice didn't typecast, and plus he's under a fucking a show to make up. It doesn't even really look like Michael Keaton in a lot of ways. He's that crazy no, hair. No, it doesn't. And, um, so. And Birdman's even closer. Is is cl- that's kind of a return to those roles? Yeah, it's still a cartoon. I mean, it's I know still a you can right, see it, but it's but more dramatic. Right, right. I think Batman. The Batman is its own unique yeah. experience, yeah. and I think it completely changes career. And it really derailed it for like ten years, or maybe fifteen years. Uh, it really fucked it up. And I think it kind of made him kind of lost too, where he didn't know what to do. Should, am I a, am I an action hero? Am I a comedic actor? Because this right. is a comedic role, and he was. I know you, you kind of compare Batman and Beatles, but I look at this as a comedic role. And he, had, he had done Mr. Mom, Gung Ho. He had done comedies. He was known as a comedic actor. Yeah. So it kind of fit the bill. That's why when he got Batman, it was such a shock. People were like, what the fuck? Michael Keaton's Batman? This, this is crazy. He's people so were good like, too. People, people were really upset. I remember when it happened. People were, they? were really mad. Yeah. And um, I thought he was a very good he's, Batman. He was great. Yeah. I like him as Batman. Me I too. also love him as Beetlejuice. I think he's fucking he's awesome. Unbe- and this movie is so great um, with how they roll Beetlejuice out. So the first half of the movie, this movie's only, first of the movie's only 92 minutes. Right. Which is great. You don't really see him for 45 minutes. The first half of the movie, you don't see him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, right when the movie's, you're kind of like, all right, I get it. Gene Davis and Alec Baldwin are dead. W- w- what next? They introduce this insane, literally like, <laughs> insane agent of chaos. Yes. Like, Beetlejuice is the closest thing the closest thing to Beetlejuice is probably Heath Ledger in Dark Knight. Yeah. Like, just completely just like, out of control, only cares about himself, and just but it has no real motives. Like they, they kind of give him. He just wants at the to end. get out. He wants to get out. Basically, return back to the land of the living. Kind of, but but he also doesn't try that hard. He doesn't try that hard. Um, and he always sabotages himself. The only thing he seemed to really care about at the end was marrying Winona Ryder. Right. Well, I think that's that's what would restore him to the land of the living. Right. Yeah. And I think he maybe saw it and say, "Oh, I'm, I'm cool." But even then, he's still kind of like fucking around. Like he, he is. Why would you just do it? Right. He like, no, because he, he can't find the wedding ring, and then he's yes. like, like he's, yeah. takes a dead girl's finger out, and then takes it off. Yeah. Can we just say before we going further how much I love the the little man that marries them? Oh, he's awesome. He is the greatest man. Yeah. I I, I wish he was a real thing. You wish he could just go around the world marrying people. I I would. I would have loved to be married by him. I, I, I think that guy is great. I wish he's great. I wish that little man, that little character, like, you know, I have like the Mandalorian, I guess the star Wars thing. And then yeah. they have that adventure or whatever. They have the, the people the spinoff, you know, if you will, I wish I want to see a spinoff of the of little his man. life. Yeah. Of what I, he's oh, doing. I watch a whole movie with that little guy. Yeah. 
But then at the end, he burst into flames. I know that. Oh, I just, I don't think he's dead. I okay. think he just went he back. He went back to his world. Yeah, because oh, he was in I the like fireplace. That. It made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because you say that because I remembered, like, right as the fireplace yeah. changed, I was like, yeah. oh, we're going to see the little man. The like, little I was man. actually excited about it. He's great. Yeah, I love <laughs> yes. his voice. I love his, like, inflection. <laughs> yes. I like him. And he sort of plays off Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is, like, correcting him. Yeah, 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 was, yeah. Was, That was fun. I wonder if him and Beetlejuice are kind of, like, friendly a little bit. They seem to get along. I think they've worked together before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have a pre-existing relationship. And I love that, like, afterlife area the bureaucracy area too with oh, all the crazy characters and the guy who got ran over by a truck and they're just carting him they're 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 put he's on a line he's on a line and, and they're just carting him around you know it's him and another guy who hung himself yes is also on a line yes and, oh the whole everything in juno the caseworker yes all that is so i could have watched you know i could have a whole movie just of that it's sort of like um you know that the video to don't come around here no more the uh the, the Alice in Wonderland type of, um, do you know, don't come around here no more. Uh, that's a Tom Petty Tom song. Tom Petty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember I, the I video for that? Yes, Alice in Wonderland, I like do. really he weird. Crazy hat on. Yes, and the floor, like the floors are all, mm-hmm. are all like rounded weird and the walls are all misshapen and you're just in this goofy through the looking glass type of feel. That's what it felt like going in there. Like, I loved all of it. I yeah. loved, I loved the football team. The bifurcated uh, woman. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, all of that is, uh, the football team. Oh, and, yeah, like, so I love that she's like the uh, the lady who works the like the, the counter, like the the green lady. Yeah, I love that. Um, even though they're all dead, she makes like little jokes that kind of people just politely laugh at. <laughs> yes. She she her wrist and she goes, "Oh, if uh, something hadn't happened, I wouldn't have my little accident." And, yes. you know, calling basically suicide an accident, kind of just like this little self uh, deprecating joke. And then people like they would in a real office, kind of <laughs> like yes. polite laughter, acknowledging she made a joke. But it's all like. It's all perfect, but it is all. It's like it's like they're all at the DMV. They are. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I love. I love all, that whole like stu- the, all that stuff. Like the 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 um the routine of it, all of it is all the same. And and the Otho makes a good joke uh, in the, in the movie. He's like, "Oh, I heard when you commit suicide, you end up a civil servant." And <laughs> yes. they all kind of laugh about it. <laughs> yes. There are little things that the people who are in uh, who are still living say that are, they're joking, but they're actually truths. It yeah. happens a few times in the movie. It's a yeah. fun thread, and that's really clever. Um, I, I, I can't say how unique the characters are that are in the afterlife, but also how unique the characters are that are living. Oh, totally. I think all those characters, you, you immediately, uh, they, they are so, they are so individual, but yet all have been like, uh, the, the two Deese parents and Otho. Right. All have kind of the same view of the world. Yeah. But yet they're unique. Very different. Ways of doing that. And yeah. that's really clever. They could have easily made them, they could have gone lazy and made them all three to be behave the same way you got Catherine o'hara who's this this socialite stuck up woman who makes the worst art the worst you've art. ever seen in your entire life <laughs> sculptures like a three-year-old child with their play-doh would make what she's making it's fucking so crazy Great. and creepy like it's perfect how They're, it was made because it's so terrible but then it comes back comes later life, yes and you know imprisons them and things which is which is pretty funny and then how what they all live together? Ortho lives there? No, I think Otho is like her like friend. I don't think he goes there. I think he just comes by, drops by a lot. But he's like in a bathrobe in one scene. He's just like... <laughs> I don't think Otho lives there. I well, think he, but then he moved to Connecticut with them? I think he's there a lot. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he like, like, does weekends there and stuff. Yeah, I think he's like mooching off their money. Absolutely. Yeah, so he's just kind of like, he's like an assistant like, du jour. Like he can do it all. Like he's, 
you know, he can design your home. He can help with, I think he's kind of like that. He could do a seance. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and I love how like Jeffrey Jones, character, the, the dad is so stressed out all the time at trying to relax, yes. but he's like, he's never going to relax. No, he's got, ever. You know, he's looking through the binoculars and he's trying to look at birds. The next thing he knows, he, the next thing he says, he wants to buy the whole town. Yeah. He's looking at buildings like he, he just, he's he can't stop unable to relax. He figures out, he finds out there's ghosts in his house and he wants to turn it into an amusement park. Yes. I mean, come on. Right, yeah. Right. Like how about what? There's ghosts in here. No. What? He's, he's no. immediately. Wait a minute. How do we, we can make money out of this yes. shit. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's great how they have that character, which I said could have been painted in a much different way. They could have had this be all three stuck up or, you know, all three of those characters could all have just been stuck up like New Yorkers. Yes, but they're not. It's no. like mocking the art world. And mocking, like, it, it's it's mocking a, a few different things, including, like, just fly out uh, capitalism. Yeah. It's great. It's, uh, it's, it's so, it's, this is such a great creative work of art that the, that the back end of Burton's career has none of. I know. Like, he completely loses his fastball. I know. Like, it's true. Edwards and Hands is very, is, is a cousin movie of this. Absolutely. Really creative, yep. really interesting, unique looks, look at different kind of humans, also kind of mocking shit. It's, it's mean, but it's fun. And then, like I said, yeah, then after like just, Ed Wood, he just kind of like loses it. And yeah. He's, now it hasn't been. Yeah. And well, now it's great sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love how irreverent it is. Like Beetlejuice is saying the F word, grabbing Gina J- Davis in the crotch. Like he is, it is really, it's kind he's of, horrible. it's nasty. He's horrible. And you, you kind of, on first glance, you'd be, you kind of think this is a kid's movie maybe, but it's just like, it's not, it's, it's an adult. This is an adult movie. It is. And it, it's, they made a cartoon of it. It was a Saturday morning yeah, cartoon that's right. they for did. a couple of years. That's right. And, um, they took away, uh, they took, they left Lydia in. So Lydia and Beetlejuice are like friends. Beetlejuice is right. kind of mischievous, but he's like not at he's all. Way like he's not whole, like he's a whole, he's the villain of this movie. He is absolutely the villain. He's not the villain yeah. in the cartoon. It's very strange. It's very strange that they chose that movie to make. It's interesting of. that the ghosts are the heroes. Yes. Even though the ghosts are trying to get the humans out of the house. So they right. are haunting them, but they're still the heroes. That's an interesting, that's way interesting perspective. And I love that. I love the two of them. I think they're, yeah. they are just fantastic. Uh, Roger Ebert, uh, did you read his review? I didn't actually on this. He book. doesn't. He he. So he didn't get it. Like he didn't get the movie. No. Yeah. He gave it two, st- two stars, and he he said the worst part of the movie was Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice, which oh my god, I don't think that really aged very well. But uh, but he was he was really uh he really enjoyed the beginning part of the movie, like with Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin being in love, and like how they had this weird quirky relationship, and how they just enjoy each other. Yeah. And I will say too, this is a really good movie to watch during the pandemic because it does. I'm like this holds up really well. Because the whole part, a good chunk of this movie is devoted to them being trapped in the house. Right. So and we've y- all felt like that in yeah. the last year. Did you, there was a part of it that I didn't get and maybe you, maybe you caught it, but, uh, Juno says something like uh, something about like 140 years or 125 something. 25 years. Is that what, ha- are you stuck in the house yeah. for that amount of time? Yeah. And then you get to move on? I guess. Oh, okay. They only get to use Juno services in theory three times in a 125 year period. Yeah. I guess I didn't, I yeah. didn't hear her say what happened next. I don't think it's in the handbook. <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, How do they have such a hard time reading the handbook, but then Winona Ryder's character totally gets it? And Otho does and too. And Otho does too. I think, what? No, I don't think the Maitlands are totally bright. Like, he owns the hardware store, <laughs> yes. but like, they keep talking, like, other characters will say how stupid they are. Like, they look stupid. They are stupid. <laughs> yes, like, true. they do seem pretty gullible. They do bring Beetlejuice in. Yeah. They seem like very sweet, simple people. I think, he, I think Burton's kind of mocking a little bit mocking like rural life yeah. there too. Like he's mocking the Maitlands. Like he has them be really innocent and kind, 
but they're pretty fucking dumb. They are. Yeah, they do a lot of dumb stuff. They do a lot of dumb shit. Yeah. Good and, people, and they're called out for it a but lot, But simple. Too. Yes. I do, uh, you know, that everything about this movie is so well done every single every single frame of this movie was thought about i was going to talk about that too but you you, you so go like first. the beginning you know they go to the hardware store and the, they have the barber who's like talking yes. to himself it's so new hampshire vermont totally. connecticut which is kind of what i know this takes place in theory in connecticut but it was shot in vermont so it's very that's yeah you know it looks like it looks, looks, it looks like, like new hampshire covered vermont, bridge yeah, yeah it really yeah. is uh, so then they go to the cover bridge and you know, they crash, but the, the little dog is staying on the plank and the second the dog gets off, the car falls like that is just, that's just really creative, interesting. It could have just had a car crash. Yeah. Could have just gone off the bridge and in the water yeah. done, but instead but no, he has, get that he has little a, beat. a couple. Yeah. And it's like, that's really, and that's really, and I guess the original script that's getting passed around was a rated R movie mm. where like Gina Davis is like arm gets trapped and you see them die oh. and it's a whole different and Beetlejuice is much worse like he wants to basically like fuck one on a rider. Like that's what his whole scheme is. Like I see. obviously he's trying to marry her read between the lines. Yeah. But you know, it's like, he's very intent on like having sex and uh, yeah. So it, there, there's some amazing, sh- I had to rewind one shot. Uh, there's a, in the beginning of the movie, I think right before they're going to the hardware store, you see them running down their stairs. Yes. And the camera like follows them all the way down. I, I saw that shot and I was like, holy shit. Cause you just, you feel it right with them. You yeah. feel it. I had to rewind it and see it and again. And the stairs is such an important character in this movie. It is. The stairs come into play a number of times, including running down running downstairs a number of times. Stairs are a big thing. Stairs, I wonder if stairs even are some sort of allegory to the afterlife or going there. Oh, going yeah, down. totally. Jacob's Ladder. It, yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. But it feels like that with the, within this movie, though, because Burton yep. keeps going back to it. Right. That very first fr- shot is, is true. Ortho gets thrown down it. You get the, it turns into the, the sandworms. The sandworms. Yep. yep. A bunch of stuff. That the the beginning shot too, where you get the aerial coming in, and then it and then it drills down. It turns yeah. So the first shot, uh, I love this shot. So the first thing you see is it's real, like it's a real road. Yeah. And then somewhere between that and when it lands in the house, it becomes the model. Yep. It doesn't. And it's it's almost you have to like really look close to see when it changes. It's really clever how they do that. Yeah. The third one that I saw too is there's this shot where the camera is moving backwards and it ends up going backwards through this window cutout of the porch that this weird porch that they yes, constructed. I love that, I love that porch, and that's yes. where you see Ortho and, and the two yes. and uh, the two parents sitting there. That shot is just it's another like really beautiful, amazing shot. He he has a number a number of them uh, in this movie. He does. He has a yeah. number of interesting shots with it. The a movie budget was fifteen million, but only one million special effects. Mm. So uh, Burton's like, all right, well I can either try to make this like Star Wars with a million dollars, which isn't going to happen, or I can have some fun with it and we can kind of make it like a B movie. Yeah. And he chose that, which is hundred percent the right direction. Yeah. You have to like yeah. the sandworm. Of course you're Even not going like to get that they, right. Like, they poke, they like, Al yeah. makes his nose real long and Gene Davis like takes her, her, like her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Or, we'll open. Like, so let's just have it be like, obviously, you know, look ridiculous and not try to, cause they didn't, they didn't have the budget for it. I think if, he had, I almost think Tim Burton with money ruins his creativity. Could be. Because the second he started getting real budgets is when things, do I like the Batman movies and Edward Scissorhands is very good. Yeah. But then I think once he, once he's able to take those shortcuts, it, it kind of was, or he just got old. I mean, that can happen too. Could be. I mean, you only have so much creativity in your body before it kind of runs out. I mean, there's I really, only things you can try. I agree. Yeah. I really enjoy watching these early Tim Burton movies. But at the, and I don't think about it when I'm watching it, but the second it's over, I'm like, what happened to that guy? Yeah, I know. I, I can't, I do it every fucking time. I know. I get, I get kind of frustrated with it. You almost have to 
do something completely different if you're him. Like if you know, you got to go like full straight or something. You got to do full straight. I mean, like do the straight story by uh, you oh, know. Like but, our, like, oh, you got to go the, like you got to go Lynch did. So exactly. Lynch did that. So uh, you know, about halfway through his career, David Lynch had kind of a creative kind of like eh, just didn't yeah. know what to do, and he made a normal movie. About a, guy, over, Richard like, with, about a guy that driving a, a tractor, a tra- across, a lawnmower, yeah, a lawnmower, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was it was shot very normal. It wasn't yeah. didn't have typical Lynch moves. There were a couple. There was like I remember one instance I'd of a little surreal, but it was it's a cool, yeah, yeah. But I I think that's what you do. It's like okay, like make a normal drama, right? Like traditional studio drama. I'd like to see Tim Burton do that. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. I think that'd be a good that would be a good idea. Do we? I feel like we haven't talked as much about Beetle Beetlejuice the character or him as we should have well, honestly Beetlejuice just isn't in this movie very much he's not and i was surprised looking back you know watching this again i was like wait it's he went 45 it's named after him 45 minutes in haven't seen haven't really seen him really yet seen him, yeah and yeah he doesn't but it's but that's too much of him would have been a it would have been terrible idea. yeah the joke that joke wears then quick yeah and it even almost starts to it doesn't but it almost starts to at the end of the movie when he's in he's basically in the last five seven minutes of the movie the entire time creating havoc in, and it's in like the house, all yeah. right at some point you're like eh yeah. It's the same thing with uh, Heath Ledger in Dark Knight. Like, Joker's not in it that much. So, like, you know, when he's in it, it's fun. But, like, and he definitely, like, gives the movie a real adrenaline boost. But, like, you can't have the whole movie be the Joker. Like, yeah. you just think, oh, this guy's just an asshole. Like, right. You know, like, what, what else are you going to get from this? But I really love the use of the model, like, the little model in, too. in the attic. That's really weird and creative and interesting. And every single every single twist of this movie I, is, is so unique. And I can't believe it's still unique. This movie's made in 88, so 33 years later. This movie is still unique. There still isn't really a movie like this. No. I can't think and of And no anything. one's really tried. No, there has been a lot of talk about doing the sequel. I know it's been exhausted to death. They've been talking about doing a Beetlejuice sequel forever. Um, I wish, I really hope they don't. There's really no can't reason. can't imagine There's why. There's no would, reason to no, do it. No, there isn't. What is the point? There'd I mean, no like, I, obviously to make money, but like, what is the creativity, creative, creative, creatively, what is the point of it? Well, I saw what they were talking about doing is putting them in Hawaii. But that was in the 90s. They, I think they've moved off that now. I know, but still, like, that was the original thought after, you know, with Burton yeah. coming back. And, and I know uh, Winona Ryder said that she would come back, and so she, did. She's been saying since they wanted to come back, which which makes sense, which but is I, fine. But. Yeah, but I don't think, I mean, at this point, it wouldn't make sense to do. They talked about it, like, 45 years ago, they talked about it. Really? Yeah. Ugh. And they keep, but I think as Michael Keaton gets older and older, it seems less and less realistic. Oh, he, I mean, he's but a he can, physical actor in this. He's moving around. He's but, frenetic. He and can't, he is, and, but he is in so much makeup. He probably still could do it. I don't think it would. I don't think it would translate as well. That would not translate. I don't think. I, I, I wish that. I hope they don't. It just seems like it would leave a black mark on. Why can't this movie just exist? Why can't this fun, interesting, wildly creative, creative movie just exist? And we, we have it and we can go back to it. And why do we need to do this? Because we'll never make it better. I, th- I understand. Never make it better. I understand you're longing for the nostalgia. You want something new there. There's only so many times you can go back and watch the original one, uh, but be happy that it existed in the first place. Yes. We don't have to create new memories around that. Create something different. It would not work. It wouldn't work. Like, you know, you get, uh, what do these sequels ever work? Like what? I, I, like, I mean, obviously I know we brought dark Knight, and, but let's take and star Wars stuff. That's take a, away like universe stuff. Yeah. Like when's the last time like like a sequel is like that great? You know, Godfather two, Ghostbusters sure. two, Godfather is kind of IP. Ghostbusters, you're right? Think about comedy sequels too, like Ghostbusters two, and even things. the new like the newest reboot of Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, in 2016, oh, with the girls, not good, not good, just not good. The original so I don't good. Want, I don't even want to see this new one that's coming out this year. I'm going, I'm going to, but but <sighs> I'm, I'm I, I really I have low I, hopes I, of it. I, I'm not gonna. See, I don't think I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it. Why? 
I just feel like it's fine. It'll be an hour and a half of my life. Probably two hours of my that. life. I'm still bloated. Yeah. Uh, why, do, why do we need to keep doing these things? We don't. Over Ghostbuster over 1, is a, 1 is... So it, I put it in the same... Ca- I mean, that's better, but I put that in the same category as this. We have this creative, wonderful moment. Yes. Let's never... Let's never do... Let's never fuck with this again. There's right. no need. There's no need. Yeah. It's, I agree. It's really... It's, it's unfortunate they made Ghostbusters 2. I understand, I understand why. Everyone got paid, but... Oh, yeah. It it is it is disappointing they did that. Well, at that point in their careers, it it made a lot more sense. It did, I agree, yeah. but it, it's not a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. It's, it's frustrating it exists. Yeah. Like imagine if just one was it's the only one. Like I don't need the Statue of Liberty walking down the street, you know, singing a song. I don't I don't need that. It's almost too on point. Ugh. Yeah, uh, that's too bad. These these sequels. I'm so I'm so glad they didn't do it. I guess they were really going to, and then Batman Returns happened, so a sequel saved us from a sequel. Um. I'm okay with that. Me too. I'll and Batman Returns actually is. A, I think with the comic books, it's different because you have a whole world you're kind of working off of, and it, like it's almost built for sequels. This was built to be a standalone movie. So then, when you try to do a sequel on top of it, that's when you have the issues. Right. Star Wars was built to have sequels, even if I mean it's, it's his. I mean, the first thing you see is Chapter Four. Like, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, there's yeah, parts yeah. of this we haven't seen. Right. You know, Beetlejuice was not made to have Beetlejuice two. No. I mean, you know, and let and I have no problem with them kind of milking the cow dry with the cartoon, and then they made a Broadway musical about it. Like, I guess mm-hmm. keep doing, keep just doing that if you want to do that. But just leave the movie alone. Leave just it. Leave alone. it a fucking alone. Yeah, you're never gonna do it better. Oh no, this is an A movie. It's a great movie. This won't crack my top five with the movies we covered because we've covered some of the best movies ever. But this isn't my top one hundred. Uh, uh, for, for our Patreon show, we talk about. Uh, you know, we obviously we do a third movie. We also talk about my top 100 movie list. That's right. Revealing. Yeah. Uh, number 100 was Lost in Translation, and number 99 we didn't talk about in the Patreon show. I forgot uh, is The Fighter. Oh, that's a great one. So Laura and I watched The Fighter uh, again. I gotta say, very good. I really enjoyed it. I gotta. I'm gonna update my list as I go too. I, I gotta put Lost in Translation ahead of The Fighter now. Do you? The Fighter is my new 100. The Fighter mm-hmm. is very good, and uh, Bale is incredible. He's awesome. Well, yeah. All, I think uh, Wahlberg's great too. He's really good. Yeah. He's really, it's another one where if it, he, when he gets the right roles, it he works. When he get, when he gets the wrong roles, he sucks. It's a great role, role for him. He doesn't need to think too much. No. Um, and he can kind of just react to great actors around him. Yeah. And he's good at that. Yeah. Uh, and the supporting cast is incredible. You feel like you're in a role. Oh, it's, yes. it's really... Yes, you do. It's really well done. Yeah, um, that, that's that's a great That's one. a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's the movie uh, he made right before... Um, uh, Russell made before... Uh, uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which yep. we've talked about in the show. Yeah. Um, but it's quite a run he had for a while there. Great director. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. We need to have him make more movies. That was the only one, right? Because before because uh, before that... Oh, he made American Hustle. After No, that. I was just saying we haven't... We haven't... We uh, haven't no, 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 no. We need to cover more of his movies yeah. and I want to see him make more movies, period, just, yeah. for, just in general. Absolutely. I know, it's the only Three one Kings, too, is him, right? Three Kings is him yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. another I know. really, really good one. I haven't seen that forever. Really I know, good one. I wouldn't mind tackling more of his movies, too. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. We still, we still have only seen one Al Pacino movie. That's weird. It's very strange. Right? Or any Al Pacino movies. We've none. seen none? None, 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 none. We've never covered Al Pacino on this show. None. No. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. How is that possible? That's weird, right? We're going to get to him. We've covered three Gina Davis movies. We've That's, covered The Fly, I know. this, and A League of Their Own. Yeah. We've covered like basically the entirety of Jennifer Jason Lee and the entirety of Gina <laughs> yes. Davis's career for the most part. And no Pacino. And no Pacino. Well, okay. wait a minute. Uh, Scarface. Scarface. All right. So we yeah, don't one. Right. But still, based on his career and how many movies we've done, see more, yeah. see more. We'll, we'll get we there. We haven't seen a ton of Schwarzenegger either. We did... Uh, uh, no, it was just... Um, it was... Uh, Terminator. Exactly. Although I will say this. Here's a sneak peek. Uh, one of the fan weeks will have a Schwarzenegger movie in it. 
Are you going to say what it is? I will not. Okay, because I, I, I forget. So I will not say what it is. But it, it's uh. So yeah, you, you will see a Schwarzenegger movie in February. I promise you that. A hit Schwarzenegger movie, big time. Well, um, I'm psyched. I'm psyched for that. So we need <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Again, is is there anything? <laughs> That's what his phone is like. Uh, I'm psyched. No, I was looking at my cuts. I think I don't. For some reason, I think I lost the the cut for um for the song. Anything for you by Gloria Estefan and yeah, the Miami I, Sound Machine. I am going to grab it. But um, is there anything else that we need to talk about though? For uh, I don't think so. For Beetlejuice, I'll do anything for you. Who even needs to play it yeah. now? This song really sucks. I hate it so much. I don't think we need to play it anymore. Uh, do you have Cause the Because we cut? are, I've got, I'd have to go through right, Spotify. All right, all right. You're, ruining, you're ruining the joke now. You're ruining the joke. Went By too singing long. it? Went too long, went too long, went too long. Should I pull it then? Yeah, yeah pull, pull the clip. I was hoping you pull the clip while I was singing. That's what I was vamping. Well, I just, but I, I heard you and I wanted to join in. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to. It's fine. <laughs> it's funny when I'm singing badly while it's you try tr- to find a clip. Sometimes, like, I, maybe it's saved to a weird place. I don't know. Because I did pull it. I was there. In a world where Andy Garcia needs to pay rent. Tell me about it. Yeah, I think we've, we've had our, yeah. our fill of that. So, yeah, this song is not a good song. No. Um, but it's not... This song is not for me. It's not for you. It's not necessarily a... It's a bad... It's not like it's written poorly or executed poorly. Mm. It's written fine. It's executed fine. I don't like the style. Mm-hmm. I the hate the fucking timbre of everything going on yeah. with that stupid... Uh, um, with that stupid fucking Doogie Hauser keyboard. Yeah, yeah. I just I can't stand that style of 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 uh, adult contemporary. Like ladies adult contemporary with those shitty sounds. I hate it. So uh I was thinking hearing it, I got like um this so I believe there's a thing uh, is it well, I don't know if I'm coining this phrase, probably not, but there's a thing that I think we should maybe should have in the show yeah. more. It's called bad nostalgia. Bad nostalgia. Bad nostalgia. And I had a big time for this one. So, um, so my, I was talking before the show, my mom would listen to easy listening music a lot. And I was trying to trap in the car with her. And I was, you know, say 10, 11, 12, 13, I my own license, whatever. Yeah. So, and then my friends could drive. So, you know, there's a lot of time going with your parents to places, you know, and, and my mom would play this, uh, she would play the station on New Hampshire called W H O M 94, <laughs> nine easy listening. And this song comes out in 88. So like by 91, that's like, that's like peak. Peak you in the car with your mom? Uh, peak, 91's like peak in my car with my mom. And then this is also like exactly easy ghosting wants. A three to five year old song. Right. That's like in this style. And then they can just, so, so it was a lot of like this, uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. But this Michael song, Bolton. Michael Bolton. But this song in particular though, is if I had to pick one song to kind of really crystallize what it meant to be in the, like to be in the car with my mom driving somewhere I probably don't want to go and just you're just kind of like trapped. It's yeah. This song. So I hear this song and I, I immediately like felt like trapped again. Brings like, you right back. And it was like, oh, this is bad. Because usually when you hear this, you're like, oh, like Beetlejuice. Like, oh, this is fun. Like, I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm thinking about the times I've seen this movie or heard this great song, whatever. But like hearing this song, like had the reverse effect. No good times ever were had with this song playing in the background. I'm sure some people fucked. No. Yeah. You can't to this. It's like, it's gotta be slow. I'm then. sure some people, eh, no, I'm sure someone in Iowa, it's like some real, some, somebody in Iowa, some real slow got action back from the sizzler. 
and I was like, oh, let's, you know, had a good meal at Red Lobster. They walk, they're watching Matlock. Oh. They start feeling each other around, you know, things go from one. Yeah, I'm sure someone in 1989, 1988. Had sex to this song? Oh, yeah, I'm sure people did. But like, how do you, you this is not, this, this is not, the song does not turn me on. I'm just going to no, say that right no, now. No, it does not, not no. at all. No. It's, Jesus Christ. The song makes me, like, this, this is what I imagine. I've never taken an antidepressant in my life. This is what I imagine it kind of like. Like just that cloudy feeling you would get from taking one. Maybe? Oh, a hundred percent. Is this like this is what it's like to, to like? Yeah. Is this a song version of an antidepressant? Yeah. So I've never been on an antidepressant, but people say it really dulls the senses. That's what this, this type of, feels like. That's right? what this type of adult, adult contemporary makes me feel like. Very vanilla. Doesn't do anything. No peaks. No right. valleys. No nothing. This is yeah. This is the this is an antidepressant song. So, but the thing is, like, how do you? There are other. Gloria Stefan songs that I think a lot more highly of. Oh, no thanks. Go away. Well, like including this song. Way prettier. It doesn't have that keyboard. It's better, but it still kind of sucks. And like, listen to this change. It's going to happen in a couple seconds. Right? No, thanks. That's cool. It's not cool. It is cool. It is not cool. No, that's not cool. That's cool right? That is nothing is cool about that. That is cool right? There's nothing cool about her. That that is cool. No. It's a hundred million albums she sold. That's fine. She's not cool. Well, she's cooler with the more up-tempo stuff, but for ballads, cut cut both ways is way better. If we're going to go in that direction anyway, if we're going to do that, do it cut both ways. Her most up-tempo song is a threat. Which one? The rhythm is going to get you? Yeah! Not rhythm. <laughs> Don't threaten me, Gloria. That's uh... <laughs> it. See, it's gonna get you. Tonight. You got me. It's gonna get you tonight. Away, away. Um, I actually like the. I mean, I. It's not like I'm gonna seek these out, and listen to them, but that's not a bad song. No, I like the up tempo stuff. If I had to pick something to listen to of hers, so it, I would never choose to. I think she sucks. I, I hate it. I hate. She this doesn't music. suck. Uh, I really. She, she might be the most overrated performer of the eighties. Oh, I don't think so. I'm really down. I don't think so. Part. I think she's. Pro- she seems like a, like a nice person. Yeah, I'm she sure does. She's like a, been like, with the same husband, Emilio, yeah, forever. And like, she's like a really like smart businesswoman. S- yes, but I her music. There's nothing. There's no one from the eighties. I. I. There's no one from the eighties. I would rather listen to less. Than Gloria Stefan. Oh, there's plenty. Like who's like worse? Debbie Gibson or any of the teeny bobbers or Tiffany or really like to Tiffany. Any of those. Me, I think she's better than that. Give me Tiffany. Give me Debbie Gibson. So I like. So I. So I like the Latin sound. I like the Cuban sound. Yeah. Um. So the you know. Um. I don't. So the, the Miami Sound Machine style. So the earlier in the career stuff where it was way more that and way less adult contemporary. I liked even the album before this one that. I mean, they were they were successful before that, but this album really broke her out. This was uh, well, this album loose. was huge. This yeah, album has like four major hits on it. Yeah, right. Sold like eight million copies. Crazy. So this was, this was big. Right. The album before had some more like a like a more, uh, that more Cuban sound. Yeah, so that had rhythm is going to get you on it, and uh, and a few of no, them. Uh, oh, wait, wait, no, that's album. on this one. That's on, yeah. the one before was had um, had conga, right? Right, and had, that's not bad. That's not bad, that's and, not bad. and neither is bad boys. This is, maybe I do like this. Maybe Same I do like the Cubans down more. Yeah. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah. This is a good song too. Yeah. All right. Maybe, well, maybe you, you, you sail me on a little. There you so go. Or early Gloria. Earlier Gloria. Yeah. Because then after this is um, 
I forgot you it's did bad voice. Born into to the light. I find a scene tonight. Like stepping into the light or something. I don't that like song. That. I don't like no, that. that's shitty. Right. That. So that's, this. That's all bad. So this is the pivot point for her, and then yeah. afterwards it gets really shitty. But it also coincides with her um, Gwen Stefaniing her band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is so this album is called. Um, it was originally called Let It Loose, and it was released as which Gloria Stefan. Which is probably one of my favorite Rolling Stone songs. Which one is that? Which one's Let It Loose? Oh, I have to listen to called it. Let It Loose. Okay, well, sing it for me. I'm asking you to I, sing I, it I'm for me. I'm not going to sing it. Uh, oh, you're happy to sing fucking Glorious Fun, but you can't. I have a hard time singing songs when I'm in this song in my head. Yeah. I, have a re- I would be a terrible hard. musician. Like, I have a really, if I hear this song, I get really like, thrown. Oh, me too. It's hard to think about another song when you're hearing one. You know, yeah, we're just playing you, all this Glorious Fun. Like, yeah, I can't, it's hard yeah, to do that. It's, uh, yeah, Let It Loose is a fantastic song. Yeah, okay. Um, I digress. You well, digress. No, you said that. No, well, so I was looking at the album. He's right. It was, it was supposed to be called Let It Loose. And one of the songs, it's called Let It Loose on the, on the, al- in the yeah. album. So I'm like, oh, is this a Rolling Stones cover? And I was very disappointed. <laughs> very like, no, it's not. It's not at all. Like, fuck. God damn it. So Let It Loose, which was the original album name, was their 10th album. So oh. Gloria Stefan and Miami Sound Machine. Mm. She, as a 18-year-old girl, is playing with like her church band and Emilio Estefan, her, her future husband, comes in and says, oh, you got a beautiful voice. Why don't you join my band? It was called something else at the time, but they, um, it, you know, turned into Miami Sound Machine. So she's like, great. So she started defronting that band and they did ten, basically 10 albums in a row. Uh, were pretty big in the Latin community. Had some break, breakout hits, but it wasn't really until their ninth album, the one before this with, like we just said, with Conga and, and all Bad that Boys. stuff. And Bad yeah. Boys. That they started to chart. So that album sold something like, I don't know, three or four million copies. So what happened was she was definitely the breakout star. Uh, so, you know, they released Let It Loose and wasn't selling like they thought it would. So they retitled the album and called it um, and called it uh, Anything For You, which is the name Anything of the song, right? You, yeah, yeah. And called it Gloria Stefan. Mm, oh, she got rid of the Miami so Sound she machine, is. Yeah. So the band is still like. So she, when she was right. touring, it was still Miami, you know, um, Sound Machine, and it was still all those members of her band were playing on the album. But they they just sort of redirected the marketing aspect of it, and then it you know really started. Which selling. is a shame because Miami Sound Machine is the coolest name. That's the coolest thing about them is that name. I think it's the coolest name. That's a cool name, Miami Sound Machine. That sound, it sounds awesome. Then I, you hear me like, oh, this is not awesome. Well, some of the stuff is awesome. Not not uh, not the ballads. Two and shit, songs but, are okay. I mean, Bad Boys is a good song, but I mean. There's, Rhythm like, is gonna get you is good. No, it's bad nice. boys good. Cut. <laughs> it's a threat. Uh, so is beat it. <laughs> but that's a good song. Uh, mm-hmm. So and you know, cuts both ways is actually a really good. So there, there, there's some good stuff by them, and I like their style. I don't like them. Yeah, but uh, but it's a little. But it kind of the band sort of broke up a bit after that. I mean, she's still well, no wonder. She's like, I'm yeah, fuck you. Yeah. So like after the 1980 tour, all the original band members had left and it had been replaced. Now she did, they did have new band members in like 85 and 86 that still play with her today. So before kind of the originals left, but it, the band as it was gone. Um, and even, uh, so Emilio played in the band too, but he ended up just becoming their producer and he didn't want to tour or be like a touring member of the band anymore. So kind of, uh, kind of did that. Um, breakout star. I think that's it. Oh, did you see the vi- I I listened. The video is terrible. <laughs> the video is bad, but then Bad Boys is bad too. It's cats, cats like the like the the, the play the, the musical. Yes, that's what it looks like. They're all it's all these people oh. in cat outfits. Terrible. 
I vaguely remember the video as a kid. Yeah, me too. I, I was I was looking back yeah. and I was like, oh, this seems. Familiar. I, I like that song as a little kid. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, if you you know kind of bad boys like one of the you know probably understand that when you're. Okay. I was in a movie too, and I can't remember what it was. Da- there's like a movie I'm associating with from, yeah. from that time, and I can't. I know. It's almost I like know. it feels like it's almost like a comedy cop, like a buddy cop thing or something. But I it, no, it was like not, a drama, but okay. I don't know. Neither of us know what it is. It matter. It's, it'll come back to me. It might be Bad Boys. Isn't it like Sean Penn was in a movie like Bad Boys? Wasn't that was what it I was? I don't think it was that. I think it was a sillier because the song is a little bit lighthearted. One of the movies I thought about covering this week was Colors with Sean Penn and Robert Duvall. Well, that would have been interesting. Very hard to find streaming wise. Oh, really? So I moved it off of it pretty quick. Yeah. Oh. I it really considered it instead of Moonstruck. Uh, but it was really hard to find. Moonstruck will be fun too. Oh, I mean, yeah. Moonstruck got probably more Oscar buzz. I just really love the idea of Sean Penn and Robert Duvall like yeah. in a good movie together. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Some, some of these early 80s movies are hard to find, or this isn't early, but some of these 80s movies are hard to find on streaming. We ran into this with Cocoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sucks. And then the other thing is um, some of the early, super early 80s, uh, like data isn't there. It wasn't a problem in 88, but um, right, so you it's just, just hard to find. I'll have to like piece it together with, um, with like newspaper articles and stuff. It's not like Box Office Guru has the, uh, the information freely available. Yeah. So anything for you? Hit number one for two weeks. I literally just spent time talking about uh, a movie we're not covering as opposed to talking about the song. So and I'm, Gloria I'm, Stefan, I'm uh, three Grammys. Um, she had that severe bus accident in 1990. Yeah, that was crazy, right? On tour. Um, and I think it was on tour. Was it for this album? It probably no, was. No, it would have been this album. No, it was the next album. Yeah. On tour, tour bus gets hit by a Mack truck. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, it, she was actually, I, re- I totally remember when this happened. I, re- I remember maybe I was in like class and that, you know, they'd show the sort of the, in your homeroom in class, they'd show the, the, like a, a sort of a, a news show. I, I did not know this. That definitely happened. Um, so I'm, it might, that's might might've been where I saw it, but I, I remember the news footage and that talking was the about news it. They decided to show you in class. Was Gloria Stephan was in a bus well, accident? Huge news. Well, it was, it was, it was a but no, she had just come from seeing George Bush too. Uh, president Bush at the yeah. time. I can't remember what it was. Like she was getting honored or some sort of a war. Oh, they, she was going to do like an anti-drug campaign mm. with him. And yeah, they're in their tour bus gets hit by a Mack truck, fractures her cervical spine. Yeah, her she back gets, it all fucked up, right? Yep. She yeah. had uh, titanium rods put in and mm. took her a year to come back. Like That's she could tough, barely yeah. walk for a while. So she was a mess, but did, but came back strong. I totally remember that happening. There's mm. pictures of the bus and stuff. Um, and a uh, hundred million records. So that's what I got. You know, what might've saved her from that accident. If okay. she'd only been surrounded by a machine, perhaps one made of Miami <laughs> sound. Maybe if she hadn't left that band, does that act like a, like an airbag, some sort sure, of airbag? like a protective like force field or something like armor armor. Yeah. Armor. Yeah. Like a Mack truck. That's probably what, what did it. Yeah. Um, okay. Or, that's it. Gloria Stefan. Yeah. All right. I'm sure we'll run into her again. Unfortunately. Uh, I mean, yeah, but we don't have to actually at this point. I don't know that anything else hit number one. So I don't like, like a lot of the songs on this album did. No, they didn't. A uh, number. F- uh, oh, no. Rhythm is going to get you hit five. Um, and I think that was it. Oh, for good. All right. This one. Uh-huh. I, I felt like we were going to get it all out today. Okay, good. Like, we can find other stuff, yeah. um, particularly in this time period. There's so much awesome. Like the other two songs we're covering are much more fun for me. Okay. Oh, I felt like I had to with this one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was number one. Number one, yeah. That it? So where were you? I was in fourth grade. And this is when I learned to read music. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I was thinking back like, wow, this really helped. I can't tell you how, how much help that's been in oh, my I life. Like, doing shit. I mean, yeah. even for the show, right? But uh, so it's uh, um, in fourth grade and it's when I start to learn to play the clarinet. Um, and I, I sort of remembered this like this little anecdote around it where there's one point. So 
you when I when you first start taking or this is how it was for me when I first started taking learning to play the clarinet you play in an ensemble but then you also take private lessons too because they need to get you up to a certain point before you sound you don't sound like complete shit as a band I mean you do as a fourth grade band right. but you got to be you you, you got to play a little bit so I think we would there was like these sort of like half of my homeroom period I would go and and have this like short little one on one lesson with my music teacher. You had a homeroom period in fourth grade? I think so. it was something like that where we had this weird, maybe it was like this overlap period. Maybe it was maybe first half of lunch or something once mm. a week. Something, it's so long ago that I can't quite recall, but it was this weird little yeah. uh, sort of out of time thing that I did. And uh, I remember he's like, he, we were playing, like he, we were playing, we were practicing playing through this piece of music and he says, okay, uh, and I think maybe he wanted to tune my instrument or something. So he would say, um, play, he said, play an A. And I was like, how do you play an A? He was like, you read music. How do you not know how to play an A? And he was sort of befuddled because I'm sitting there reading music, playing, you know, playing the notes. And I, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, and it's this one. He is it's this one. And he pointed on the sheet music. He's like, Oh yeah. A, you know, and I, I played it. He's like, wait a minute. And it struck him that the way I was taught, I looked at the picture and I related it to my hand position on the instrument. I didn't relate it to an actual, like the, the name of the note mm. He's like, that's really strange that, that you did it this way. So he had me, he's like, go take this piece of music, go home. Don't play your instrument and just name every single note. And I was like, okay. So I just looked at it and called them out like, Oh, like a D sharp. And totally how, like with a half hour, I was like, you know, I, I had it. Um, that that actually that's actually a really good way to teach it. Like same thing when I was learning to sight sing. So be able to look at a piece of music and sing it is hard to do without an instrument. Sing it so you have to know the intervals, you have to know the rhythms. We would break it down into different pieces. Like just take these rhythms and go home and be able to sing them in time, um, and then take these pitches and be able to sing the intervals of the pitches, and then you put it together. Like that that's sort of how you learn it. But doing that like that style of practice is what sort of uh, sort of really helped me. But I like I know I've known a lot of musicians throughout my life who have said I don't want to learn to read music because it'll stifle my creativity and I like I always hmm. think of them as fucking hacks when they tell me that and I highly right if you are a music a musician or really interested in music or your kids really interested in music I highly recommend you don't just you know have them play like chords on their guitar like they actually learn how to Unless read the music make it like easy I mean, McCartney never so easier McCartney never learned how to read music right is that, that what it is? I don't. I can't imagine that that's the case. I think, I think that is true. That's really it. dumb to do that. I just, I, I know from, so I took a couple of classes, uh, like a, a keyboard class. I try to learn how to play guitar. And yeah. Just, I, I, I wish I, I don't have the talent anywhere near the talent. I also, I'm really bad at learning like foreign languages. I'm horrible at, and I could not for the life of me learn yeah. how to read music. I I'm horrible with foreign languages. I just couldn't learn how to read music. I, I also, you know, if I spent me more time on it, but like, it wasn't a thing where, like you said, you kind of picked it up pretty quick when you were a yeah. kid. Like that did not happen with me. Like when did you start doing it? Uh, well, I did guitar when I was about that age, but I did okay. keyboard. I was playing like on a like piano uh, when I was in high school. Yeah, and like I was a sophomore in high school, and I'm like, I still I just couldn't pick it up. Just like languages, it definitely is a lot easier when you're malleable when you're a kid, when yeah. you're young. You know, so you it's it'll. I'm I'm not I'm not good with foreign languages either, but for some reason, music just just made sense. I think it's like a lot of the math too. This it's symbol it's symbols. It's not yeah. It's different than. You don't. The pronunciation is what kills me with the with the languages. I've, I have a I just terrible can't, time. I with can't that. get my head wrapped around. It. Like I'm, I just think in one mode. I like English. Like yeah. I, I can't venture off that at all. Like the, the 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 part when you switch the word over, like that is like that's such an interesting skill to me. Yeah. Anytime I I know someone can speak multiple languages, if we're gonna go to New York, I ran into it a lot more. Of course, I'd always be like, I'm, 
super impressed. One guy I work with, he could sell in two different languages. I'm like, that's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Like that you have enough confidence in both languages where you can do that. That's really impressive. It's funny because I think about Barbara a lot too, where she's not, she's sometimes like my, my brain works pretty quick and sometimes she is a little bit like slower and like she's a little more methodical and thinking through some things, yeah. which make, and and I'm, and sometimes I get slightly frustrated about it, but then I think about it. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's doing this in not her fucking right. original language. And she's still super fast and she still writes really well. And right. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Matt, give, right. like, give, give her a little bit of slack motherfucker. I, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like imagine trying to do that. Like, I, no. I, I really can't imagine. Cause I, I would fail at it. Like, yeah, I would, I would fail miserably at it. And it's funny. She says she goes home and in the, the, like her, her family members or her friends are like, you sound like you have an English accent speaking in your native tongue because your tongue gets used to right. speaking English too. All Makes these sense. weird. Push you around all the time. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, when I lived in Florida, like I started to like pick yeah, a up like a draw. little bit. And not like draw, but like, you know, you start, you say like, I'd say y'all more. You just pick up little, right. little things and yeah, you can't help but adjust to where you are. You can't. Yeah, totally. No, but it's a lot easier for when you're a kid. And I think that if, you know, if you have a kid who's interested in music, the best thing to do is teach them to sing when they're really young and teach them to read music when they're really young. If you don't learn how to sing, it's really hard to match pitch if you don't know how to learn how to sing really young, like before the age of three or four years old. You have a hard, lot, lot, lot harder time learning it. I, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but I was way ahead. I was way ahead in college because I'd learned all this theory and ear training and stuff before I, before I got to college. All my peers my first year that now they caught up, but the first year they were way behind what I knew. But I, I also, you know, everybody, even if they were a percussion major, played drums or something, they all had to learn how to sight sing. And all these people, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who didn't learn to sing when they were younger, you could tell they, they just, their intona- their intonation's bad and their timbre's really bad. They sound, they sound like someone who's never heard, heard music before when they sing it's 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 mm. really even if they're matching pitch their their tone is so so bad and it's you gotta learn that really young and uh and and it's a lot of like it's a lot easier to learn to sing it's a lot easier to learn how to read music when you're young so i would highly recommend if you got kids who are, are interested in music like ha- teach them that but then also like i can't I, I don't understand you know back to the it's a lot easier if you're it's a lot easier if you can read music to do a, a lot of stuff in music but also if if like you're so you want to write a book and you don't know how to write like the English language. You're just going to talk it out. You want to do an oral book or whatever. Um, <laughs> book on tape. What do you call it? Fucking yeah, it's called an oral book. <laughs> an oral book is we're call it. Uh, then you, yeah, you still should like, it's kind of like, what if you can't speak? You want to do a podcast? God damn it. <laughs> is, it like, is it like that? Is that what you're trying to go for? Yeah. Yeah. Thank it's you. like that, right? Right. It's like yeah. that. In a world where Melanie Griffith <laughs> can't pay the rent. <laughs> Pacific Heights. Pacific Heights. <laughs> you should learn to fucking read because it's easier to describe you know it's easier if you can write it down hey you want you want to get someone to give you feedback for it write it down so you can send it to them same thing with music if i want to communicate my ideas to someone else to play my music yes they can listen to it and write it down or figure it out but it's a lot easier if you can just pass them the fucking notation right of course like hey here's the song i wrote you know send it someone's musically inclined well actually if you switch this beat with a or whatever you know switch this note over it might sound wildly different right or if I'm, you know, I hear something in for this show. If I hear something, I'm like, why is this compelling to me? Why do I like we, that song? Maps yeah. that we were talking about on the Patreon show by the Yeah Yeah Yeah. It's like, why is this song so compelling for me? It's well, it's because they're not playing chords. They're playing three melodies that are interacting with each other that are inferring this very base one four chord structure. So it makes me feel like home, but in a very weird, 
interesting, creative way. I wouldn't know that if I couldn't read music. I wouldn't be able to like sort of deconstruct it that same way. No, so, I think, I mean, I, I understand because I'm like that. I understand yeah. not being able to read music. Sure. But choosing not to learn something. If I, you're passionate about I, music. I, I really, I never like that ignorance uh, argument. So yeah, like, me a lot, you know, you know, you'll talk about something like, I know like for instance, baseball has come up and I'm a big Mets fan and Francisco Lindor got traded whatever. And, uh, oh, Tommy Lasorda died, right? Yeah. And some people were like, oh, I never heard of Tommy Lasorda. I don't even know who that is. So it's like, all right, well, you know, you could, you have the whole world yeah, on our just phone. Google just go that shit. look it up. Like using that as an argument for something that doesn't matter because you don't know it is is a little frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I I never loved to, I never loved the ignorance defense. And even like a one step further, saying that if you learn music, it, you learn how to read music, it'll stifle your creativity. Like yeah, that's, that's such a bizarre. Bullshit that's a weird. Out. Yeah. People would tell me that and be like, okay, and they would want me to play with them, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm not going to play music. You wouldn't even with play you. with them. I just play with them. I'm not gonna play. With, I'm not gonna play music with some asshole who thinks that it's gonna be no. But, but what does it matter? I wanted to play with them though. Well, well, they weren't. Number one, they weren't. They as, weren't good. As good as I am. Okay. I mean, I like to play with people who are better than me. You know, I don't right? Play but, with but eventually, and I'm not gonna play with people who are worse than me. Why? Because it's no fun for me. I know they can't know, challenge me. In but any way. sometimes you can help make them better, or oh, or if you were looking to play, yeah, if they want to play. You know, this this particular person, yeah, if he wanted to pay me to teach him lessons, I could do that. But I wasn't gonna play music like creative, make creative art with this motherfucker who's mm. saying that learning the fundamentals of uh the thing you're so passionate about is going to stifle his creativity that's that's i, I, I don't want to i don't even want to deal with a person like that i don't want to live in the same world as that person hopefully he's gone <laughs> strange uh anyway so i learned to read music there, and uh well and, and you wish your friend death. i'm taking that's good yeah uh well he's not like, my friend i'm sorry your enemy or whatever you're Colleague, what do, what do we call this person? Like music, well, you're right. You're no, just some guy musical in college. Yeah, no, but I he's a composite. This this particular person I'm thinking about is a composite because there's been a number of people who've said that to me in in that I, you know in my journey. Like I fucking I don't want to learn music because stuff in my creativity. Yeah, I hate that's a strange that. take. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't get that either. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah. headlines. Sure. Okay. So uh, on May seventeenth, uh, Michael Dufac. Oh my god, if I can talk. Oh yeah, maybe we should do a podcast. <laughs> I mess up words. You mess up ideas. It's different. Uh, Michael Dukakis defeats Jesse Jackson in the Oregon primary. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Also that week. Uh, this is when the election is kind of winding down. Oh, oh. The, so wait a May. Oh, okay. Now, now I'm getting it. I'm so sorry. So confused about it. I just, I was like, he was the governor of Massachusetts. I didn't, now I understand right. for the presidential election. Right. He, okay. did, he did run for president. Yeah, I get yeah. that. The Duke makes me puke. I remember. Okay. <laughs> hey. He wore a, he wore a, he was in a tank. It was funny. Uh, Michael Dukakis defeats Jesse Jackson. Uh, also that week, a New York Times CBS poll had Dukakis ahead of Bush, 46 to 45%. Yeah, we thought he was going to win. I remember that. Yeah, it was a, he definitely, and then, you know, the famous, obviously, goes in the tank, and, um, like, literally in, like, a military tank, he, he and he had does. a funny helmet on. He looks, he looks very, very silly. There was all these wild, terrible things they were saying about his wife, too, about drinking, rubbing yeah. alcohol to get, you know, she's well, such an alcoholic. I thought that was during the same after, time. Did it? I think, no, it came after. There was a uh, thing about, like, what would you do if your, like, wife was, like, raped or something like that? It was very I strange. I uh, I think, I think Bush was always going to win. I think people were kind of testing the waters with Dukakis by saying they liked him, but I think the Reagan popularity was probably too much there for anyone was, to overtake there was some backlash with reagan though with uh was, all the north with the, and all, all the that north stuff, stuff the yeah. stuff yeah but may, maybe you're right i remember this is times have changed all of my teachers that i can remember were were 
outwardly like in favor of Bush. Really? Yes. Like they were talking about it. They were wearing in school. They were wearing like Bush pins and stuff. Oh, wow. and, say, and that's where I heard that. Like that slogan for the first time was a, was a teacher. The, the Duke makes me puke. Wow. Like they were making known who they wanted for. And that's happening now, but you wouldn't yeah. think for a Republican. No. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy eighties. The eighties, different time. Uh, March. Okay. So May 14th. So our week starts May 15th. This accident happened at 10 30 at night on May 14th. And close enough. Right. Uh, this is quite a story. Uh, a church group of 67 people, mostly teenagers, got on a school bus in Kentucky. Okay. Uh, and they were going to a theme park north of Cincinnati. They go to the theme park. They have a great time. Uh, they all pile back onto the bus. Uh, on the way home, they stop. They fill up the gas tank. Uh, a little while later, the bus hits a pickup truck going the wrong way, driven by a guy named Larry Mahoney. He's 34 years old. He's been drinking like the entire day. So it just, it, it clips, the bus driver did a good job, tries to get, well, tries to get out of the way of this truck. Yeah. Clips this truck, but then ends up kind of hitting like a, another car as well. And the car was trying to avoid both the truck and the bus. Uh, the bus comes to a standstill, obviously. No one's hurt, okay, on this accident. But what happened was the chassis of the bus punctured the fuel tank, and then the flames start. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, because the two car accidents happened, all of the exits were blocked oh, no. except for the rear exit, which because of the accident, some of the seats had become dislodged and now yeah. it's burning and shit. So even getting to that exit was hard. A lot of the seats had become dislodged. So it's created kind of this weird, like obstacle course yeah. to get through. Um, one girl or one woman, I guess who's very, very small in frame and stature was able to get out of like one of the window exits, yeah. but no one else would able, would able to do that. So we had six, seven people. 27 people burned to death, Ugh. including the bus driver who did try to get people out. Um, who did a, like, who's a hero. He wasn't really even a bus driver, bus driver. He was like a pastor's assistant. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the older teenage boys were trying to kick out the window exits, but they wouldn't budge. Um, so 27 people died. 10 people were disfigured horribly Ugh. from the burns. One person lost a leg and the rest of the survivors all had, uh, like a lot of them had major survivor guilt had other issues they just dealt with. Obviously just so much trauma involved with being involved with some of this. Yeah. So, uh, it was the worst school bus crash in United States history. Um, Larry Mahoney served 10 years in jail. Wow. I'm surprised that that's it. That's it. He got uh, a larger sentence. He, they took six years off for, um, good behavior, good behavior. I guess they have a, uh, especially in Kentucky, they have a, a, a pretty lax rule. They're very forgiving with that. This kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Let me know if this does for you. So, mm. Two things kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I don't like this guy. A, he's a drunk. He was drinking all day. When they found his truck, they had, it was like a six pack of beer. The, it was, the bottles were still cold, but three were missing. So he's probably drinking, drinking as he's driving, car. right? So um, he also had been nailed before uh, in 1984. Yeah. So it wasn't his first defense. They offered him the chance to speak at schools and to kind of like, you know, um, maybe as kind of like a public service type thing. I think he would have gotten some time potentially taking off his prison sentence and also just like a, a way to kind of make this kind of good. And he declined. That's a tough, I mean, I guess it's a tough ask, I think you I do guess, that, right? Yeah. To go in there and say, kids, I drank and I killed 27 people. Like that's a wall oh, over and over. I mean, uh, you should probably, you should probably do it. You should probably, do I it. think you should, but yeah. I think, I think, you know, you've taken so much. I think you need to give back, but yeah, whatever. He also lives, so as of 2004, he might be dead. I, I forgot to check, search for an obit. As of like 2004, he was still alive. He was um, living, he lived like two miles from the accident site. 
So he must. Obviously, it's probably where he lived, and he lived in that area anyway. So he probably has family. Well, why would you get the fuck out of I that community? I would. Know. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to. I think you'd. Have I mean, the good news is, I guess people in that community didn't know the kids because they all were coming from afar. So it wasn't like oh, he right. has to deal with the family uh, still, and stuff. Um, uh, like that movie was it the Sweet Hereafter, right? Where they uh, yeah, you, I haven't seen it, but yeah, used to, yeah. Um, uh, they you know it's a school bus action that happens. Uh, but yeah, so he doesn't have to deal with the grieving parents. But like, would you want to drive by it every day? Never. I, unless he's, you know, he wants to keep reminding himself of, but then if that's the case, then why wouldn't you the do the speaking reminder. engagement? Yeah. Well, I mean, you might just decide that your punishment is to feel the guilt for the rest of your life. He see, I mean, he doesn't. So the church was, you know, it's a church. So they're all about forgiveness and stuff. So they went kind of like out. They forgave him. Um, it sounds like there was a lot of forgiveness there. And like someone, one of the girl, like little, she's a little girl. She's like 13. When the accident happened, they interviewed her like 11 years later. So she's an adult when they interviewed her. Yeah. And she had a really good take. And she's like, look, like Larry Mahoney didn't wake up in the morning saying, I'm going to kill 27 people. No. Nope. So it's different than someone who's like a murderer. Yeah. But yet he still did commit like a horrible crime here. So she's like, she wasn't saying she was torn. Actually, she actually sounds like she had come to a real healthy realization and understanding of what happened. But it was just like kind of explained the complexity of it. It's not like hating this evil boogeyman. You can't. No, because his intention was to not kill people. I mean, he he was uh, but his ad, seriously but she, neglectful. But she and said, she's like, he made some horrible decisions. Terrible decisions. That really destroyed people. Yeah. He did not think, you know, a couple steps ahead of what could possibly happen, you know, from his actions. Right. Like, he was incredibly selfish. Now, like, you know, uh, it just... He, yeah, you hear that story, and maybe he's just, he sounds like he's just like a really quiet guy, so maybe he just isn't comfortable being in the forefront of stuff, but he, it almost sounds like he's not, I mean, obviously I never talked to him, I'm just kind of reading between the lines, and but it's just, I don't know, it's, that is such a devastating, devastating. thing. Uh, Kentucky changed all their their regulations, so if you go on a Kentucky school bus even now, yeah. there's more exits on a Kentucky school bus, nine, than any other school bus in, in the um, in the country. Uh yeah. So, they, and uh, also Kentucky, uh, a couple of years later, changed their drunk drinking driving laws. Most uh, most states did this anyway. A lot of them just keep, they keep escalating it. Yeah. Um, but a big reason they did it two years later was because of this accident. Um, yeah. It, interesting, but it was a huge story. It was uh, so I look at the New York Times when I do this. I go, I, yeah. Uh, if you have a subscription to New York Times, you can go to a thing called Times Machine. Yeah. And up until 2002, it gives you uh, microfiche like. Uh, the paper. So I look at the front pages and this was on the front page of the New York times. Like, you know, it's happened in Kentucky or Ohio, you know, and like the hat was front page uh, is a major, major, major Huge story. story. Yeah. I mean, that's terrible. That's a, that's, that's terrible. Devastating. Yeah. Like a really, really, really fucked up story. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was, I was really the Larry Mahoney twist or not twist, the Larry Mahoney element just made me kind of, I don't like, oh. this is complicated. And, and what is, I wonder what that's like to, like obviously we hear about like John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer and stuff and they're all twisted. Those are insane people. Right. It was evil. Yeah. You know, like right. This guy's, but, like, this guy's probably not evil. Right. Like we don't know him, but like, I'm, you know, he made a horrible, but I, I'm really, I, I, I'd like to read a book. I wouldn't want to write this book or interview these guys. Cause no. it must be fucking devastating. I would love to read a book about, uh, like true stories, uh, about like maybe a chapter for each person but who who did those crimes what is their life like afterwards how do they feel i'm really i find that very compelling people who changed the course of history like they changed or you know 27 people died kids died 
Oh, like, that's it destroyed that families. Major impact. Like major impact. Yeah. I mean, of course, history made is dramatic, but like whatever, changed the course of history for certain people at least. Absolutely. You know, made devastating crimes, but really almost did by accident. Like, what is that like afterwards? Like, why not? Like, it would be. Because even if you did that without the alcohol element, you would still, your life would be, be, I I would be crushed. I would be absolutely crushed. It would be hard. Oh my God. It would be be hard to move. It would be hard from that. It would be really hard. You sort of, at that point, you sort of have to say, well, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate my life to service and just do as much good as I possibly can from here on out because I got to fucking balance the scales. I mean. Yeah. It's like the world, if Larry Mahoney was never born, the world would be so much better. Now, maybe you could say, well, one of those 27 people could become our serial, but like, our, yeah, but probably most not. people are not. Right. I mean, the world 90% would be, of the, the people world would be, are, if Larry Mahoney was never born, the world would be a better place. Like, yes. It's probably, I mean, it's almost, yeah. And cause right there, these are by all accounts. Good kids. I mean, obviously right. not, no one's going to say they're bad kids, but like these are church no, group probably, kids going to a theme park. Like, right. It's probably doctors. It's probably, you know, kid, kids who would have been doctors, their families would have been good stuff. Yes. Cause you figure done, not only these kids, I'd be like, you know, like, let's say like this is something I just have my sister or something like that. I, I would be real. Like I would be a shell of myself, you oh. know, like, you know, or something happened. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like it's just 27 deaths of, uh, you know, peop, people, people have friends effect. and family yes. members and, and siblings. Your best friend or your sibling. Like I can't imagine my, si- right. Exactly. If I didn't have my, if that happened to my sister when yeah. I was a kid, I would have a hole that would fuck you up for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. So like it really affects more than 27 people. Ugh. And then the 10 people that are disfigured, like, I know. but I, I'd be really interested in like, what, what is life like for people who just make horrible mistakes? Cause that's different than being evil. It is. And in some ways it's, it's incredibly more tragic. Yeah. And yeah, how do you not? Because like I, I found that really interesting when we did that when we covered Titanic, uh, the people who were like involved, like um, the people who were, like who were working on the ship, right? Like the, we talked about the guy that saw the iceberg, and he later was an old man would kill himself. Um, and other people came back from that ship like were barely verbal anymore. Yeah, they just they, the guilt was so much that they couldn't they couldn't walk around. Like what what must life be like? Yeah, survivor guilt is really tough, but then. So that's probably a step less difficult as if you're the cause of, but, but still, 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 it must be horrible. Like, yeah, why me? Or or do I deserve to be like, you know, like what, what, you know, but I imagine that's gotta be an easier pill to swallow than I I took these, I took this from these people. Yeah. That must be quite a, quite a life. But yeah, I'm always fascinated that people who not just vehicle accidents, but other, I don't know, whatever that might be. Maybe someone who designed like who, design some of the stuff of the station fire and rounds. Right. Like that kills me. Like that was, you know, who like the pyrotechnic, I think the guy who might've said that might've died from, from great white, but like who set that up? Like who, who built that building? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's really interesting. Like coconut grove and Massachusetts, that crazy fire. Like, what is that like? You're the person that designed that knowing the world would be better off. If you were never born. Like, what is that like? I mean, a parallel stories. I have a buddy who, um, who was designing, uh, targeting systems for drones. And he saw, like, uh, you know, in, in the early part of the 2000s, you started to see footage of what those drones were doing. Yeah. And he left. He's like, I, he's an engineer. And he's like, I can't build this shit. Like, he, he saw the direct results of his actions. Like, I can't, can't do this. And I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while, but had, had a lot of guilt around it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I mean, it can't be. Like, if you, are, they, if you are a normal human being and you know that your actions have some way killed, yes. harmed someone else, you feel bad. I mean... I guess the only difference there, or same thing with Coconut Grove, I guess, is like someone else would have probably been hired to do that job. Is it, yeah. So, yeah. but if Larry Mahoney never gets in a car, then those kids are alive. Well, you know what I mean? Like That's true. Those those villages probably are still bombed, That's, even if your friend isn't doing that. Right. But, Larry, but there's no question, there's zero question that These Larry Mahoney, kids that those kids would be alive. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that that's rough. I mean, that's rough. Can't yeah. 
I hope that I hope I never have to experience anything like oh, that. That's, God. that's yeah. fucking. Well, don't drink and drive. I mean, I, I mean yeah. people don't. I mean, back in the eighties, people drank and drove a lot more. I mean, I I'll, I'll admit, I I've I've driven drunk before. Uh, I don't. I haven't done it in many, many, many years. But in my twenties, I did. This, you know, I I don't think I was ever as drunk as this guy was. Hopefully not. But I've done it. Yeah. Most most guys I know, if they're being honest, will say they've done it. Um, or they've driven high. I've you know, or they've driven whatever. They've driven you know whatever their things. But like, it's not. This could, this could, you know, it's a, it's a roll of the dice. And, you know, when you think about how dangerous driving is anyway, it always takes right. like, it, I don't know it's what the, the numbers like, we do pretty much. Right. It's like, you know, it's the fourth leading cause of death or something. It's the most or dangerous it's thing or that we do every yeah, you're day. Right. You're right. Yeah, it is. Like you're driving, you know, 60 miles an hour and, you know, or 50, even 40 miles an hour in this car is giant like vehicle. Yeah. And you're what? you know, 10, five feet away from another car going the opposite direction. Yes. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy. It's wild. Yeah. So you probably want to put yourself in the best possible right. uh, frame of mind in order to be able to control that car and not get into any I mean, you're, you're hearing about stories in the sixties and seventies. I mean, they would find a drunk guy passed out and like, all right, you know, sleep it off. I know. know. I know. I know. You oh. know, it was just a lot more, it was just a more forgiving culture. You or know? maybe they just didn't even keep as much stats, you know, no, like maybe people didn't. didn't know the, the you know, how no, many were, how many, were, right. were killing so many people. people yeah. just kind of like, Oh, it's that's Joe. He's at it again. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, so even in the bet right in the best of frames of mind, driving's dangerous. You just yes. like, don't just uh, don't impair yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think like I said I think it's it's people aren't doing it as much as they used to, which is no, which is great. And I think things like Uber and all those things help out a ton. Oh my too. god, yeah. But um, yeah, that's what, when communities like ban Uber. I'm like, are, do you do you not want like right drunk people to get home? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is this is this will save lives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ugh. yeah it's, it's really it's, it's yeah that's, that story really is like oh that's a, that was yeah, a, tough, a one. tough one yeah it's not going um anything else in the history that's it so we're back on saturday with willow, willow. which is free on disney plus uh, i do not have disney plus i'm surprised you don't you like all that all that nonsense well i i you know i might have mentioned this to you but i i like the mandalorian season right. one but then after that i everything on google on on uh, disney plus i'd seen oh yeah i don't need to see all the marvel films again i don't need to see you know what i mean so i was like i don't I don't think so, but maybe I do. Maybe I'll get it for a month and grab Mandalorian season two. And then I don't know, but they've talked about, they're going to have like 10 new star Wars series, but I'm like, I think you're, I'm, I'm not I'm even really out, that but... interested. Maybe I'll like, I'll see what WandaVision came out actually, which was, uh, yeah, it's coming X-Men out. One. Was that Is it coming out already? Or it came out or they advertised about and it. That's, all the time. that's Disney plus, right? That's Disney plus. Yes. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of, I don't know. I like her Olsen. She does a good job, yeah. but I don't know. I'm I'm burnt out, but I'm burnt out by okay. it. I'm burnt out. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know. I'll just I'll probably just get it from Amazon as I've been doing. Uh, yeah. So it is. If you have Disney Plus, it is free. Um, so Willow, and then we are back to the Patreon show on a Sunday with Moonstruck. See you. I think it's George Michael. Oh, George Michael's song on Saturday. Yes, that's right. Uh, it's um, George Michael teacher, and Willow. There are things that I don't understand. That one I can't remember the name of. It. It's a weird name. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you sing it then. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. I don't want to learn to. Hold you, touch you. That one. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Back on Saturday. See that.